This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Sarah Garten, a financial services professional at New York Life. Sarah, first timer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're also going to talk with Jim Sholly. Okay, I didn't say shale, I said Sholly, who runs the New Tactics, Inc., which offers free equine services. I'm going to have to start over because I can't say equine. 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 I, I, just, equine. I can't do it. I don't know. It has an E at the end. See, it he said that e word sign. and it jacked me up. That's what it was. I'd mess it up too. Take, Even take reading, personal responsibility. I, would... I, I, I just... Uh-uh. I'm a snowflake. I don't take personal responsibility. Which offers free horse activity stalls. No, that sounds best. like... You're like no. <laughs> You have a degree hanging somewhere on a wall. <laughs> no? uh, well, I have an associate's degree, but I don't know if that counts. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> Sarah, you got a degree, right? Like, I have two degrees. They're in music. Wow. Mm. Music. So she's really educated. That's a high like level. New York state. educated? See, my degree music? was in animal science. I did live in New York City. So and my, my degree is from upstate New York. Where? Or my, my master's. Uh, Eastman School of Music. Oh, I don't know. No, it's in Rochester. Okay. No, I spent not, time in class. SUNY's good, though. SUNY's a good one. Okay, here we go. Sorry, Brooke. We'll get started again. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Sarah Garten, a financial services professional with New York Life. Sarah, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, first timer. Are you nervous? A little bit. A little bit? (laughs) That's fun. I was trying to make it as easy and fun as we could before we got all the pre-show stuff, which I should probably live stream on social media, but I don't do that. Anyway... We're also going to talk with Jim Sholly, who runs New Tactics, Inc., which offers free equine services to all service members, veterans, and first responders. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, did you know I'm a retired first responder? Did I tell you that? No, I did not. Yeah, 24 years in San Antonio Police Department. That's amazing. Good I know man. It, it is man. amazing. That's so awesome. it's not all Air Force, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that knocks you up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, better than the Air Force status. Well, that's why I said it. I figured, in, in you know, in the Army mind, it would actually help me better. It elevated you. Just a little bit. All right. In the studio with us today, it's Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, great to see you again. Always good to be here. Heather, of course, my business coach, which I don't go anywhere. With. I don't do anything without checking in with Heather, I think. She probably thinks I'm annoying, but. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. That's my favorite thing to do. Just uh, It's no. me again. <laughs> I get that all the time from clients. They're like, do you have 10 minutes to talk through something? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'll be in the car and we just go through it. And they walk away with clarity and they're able to go make those decisions they they need to make. So that's what I'm here for. And she doesn't bill us immediately, right, on that no. kind of stuff, which is kind of nice. Too. All right. Not a lawyer. Okay, maybe. You Sorry, probably Katie. should, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring low-cost virtual administrative specialists from outside the U.S., which is how I built my entire company, is 24 full-time employees all from the Philippines, remote working. So I'm kicking butt and taking names. What do you think of that, Jim? Well, it's probably the Air Force in you. You know, yeah. We yeah. learned to delegate, sir. We just find army guys to go do the stuff we need to get done. <laughs> I'm trying to contain myself. <laughs> You're doing a great job. comments. All right, a quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. Click on the humor section if you want to see more of me and Jim. Uh, and if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. 
That's 210-879-8804. So uh, networking is business is important for really all businesses, right? Nonprofits, regular that's businesses. That's how we all met, right? Yeah. Yeah. We yes. all network to some degree. I mean, yes. in fact, that's how we've all met. Yep. Um, so uh, when it comes to networking mistakes, I'm going to do a little thing on this this week at the BNI group. Ooh. I've got the presentation already set up. Um, but um, what are some of the most common networking mistakes that you see out there, Sarah? Um, I think, you know, I've made this mistake. Um, and I know there's a question out there, you know, is there such thing as too much networking? And I think it's a yes and no question because I think it ultimately depends on your follow-up, right? Um, I found myself going to so many networking events on a weekly basis thinking all I had to do was collect the names, collect the names, collect the names. Um, and then I had just piles and piles of cards and no follow-up system. And I realized that there's no point in networking and, and spending this energy and effort going out to these places um, without a follow-up system. So, you know, I had to take a deep look and, and tell myself, like, you can still be effective by going to one or two a week, but maybe spending more effort, have a better plan and have a, a better follow-up. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, mm -hmm. it's activity, 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 but where's the follow-up kind of a situation? What do you think, Heather? Well, I think that that's big. And, and another thing I see is, you know, they they can have the follow-up and it's cold, but knowing how you're going to interact with whoever you're talking to at the networking event is a good thing to know going in. Who are the type of people you want to meet? And if you do meet them, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to grab their card and, and try to follow up with them via email or phone call? Or are you going to try to further the relationship while you're there? Oh, well, let's go grab coffee. Let's meet at our office to chat about this more. I think I've said it a thousand times, making a plan to make a plan. Oh, I'll call and follow up with you after this and we'll set a time. Oh, it reduces the statistic possibility of you actually having a meeting with that person so much because they leave that networking event and they are back in their lives. They're dealing with family, they're dealing with their business. But if you make a plan at that moment, you're a lot more likely to go through because even if they're not able to meet that meeting date, they probably will reschedule with you. So that's my biggest tip and mistake is you could meet your perfect client, your perfect connection, like even a friend. But if you make a plan to make a plan, the likelihood of you actually following through goes down just statistically. Well, there's a movie called uh, The Patriot with Mel Gibson, right? It's one of my favorite movies, right? Um, but there was a term in there that was used, a uh, phrase, aim small, miss small. Right, mm -hmm. which I, I appreciate that. So, Jim, how do you approach networking uh, when you're out there? Well, my wife is an introvert, and she's also an LPC. So she talks to service members and veterans all day long. So when she gets home with me, she doesn't want to talk at all. Or when we go out, she doesn't want to talk. So um, I, I use the Walmart example. I'll be on the third aisle with her. A veteran will walk down that aisle. I will give them a business card and I'll spend the next 10 minutes talking to him while my wife is 20 minutes in gro grocery shopping and telling me, get your butt over here now. So I spend a, an exhausting amount of time talking to people, you know, and hopefully getting that follow up to, to meet with them. Um, Facebook, I blow Facebook up. But the problem with that is unless I'm paying for it, no one's seeing it other than the people that are following me. Are you tagging people when you post and, and talk about them? I don't tag necessarily, but I'm hoping and I just 
add a note saying, hey, can you all share? Please share with your brothers and sisters in arms, you know, or your fellow um, patrolmen, whatever the case may be. So we'll start tagging people because you're going to get into their network. It's an easy way to start leveraging. And as long as they allow the tagging to happen, then that's a great and it's simple. Oh, it works, too, because yesterday my father-in-law was asking me if I was part of this big conference event. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it's because one of my coaching colleagues tagged me in an event he's speaking at. Mm -hmm. And my father-in-law was just like, you're speaking at this event? And I was like, no. But it looks cool. Like, it looks like I am, I guess. But it got it in front of, like, a whole new batch of people that he never would have been in front of if he hadn't tagged me. Yeah, it works extremely well. Um, is again, as long as they're allowing the tagging to happen, you can do it. And in fact, I was just having a conversation. So Peachtree Rose Marketing, this is their studio. What do you guys think of the studio? It's pretty nice, right? Yeah. It's nice. Comfortable, all that. They do a great job on it. Well, um, I'm going to start tagging him on a couple of my posts that I do every week just because we're here and it's a way to, you know, tap into his network, but then him to tap into mine as well. So, and then there's collaborations, which can happen, which we don't want to get too deep into stuff, but mm-hmm. collaborations are another way to end up on somebody else's feed. Uh, on Instagram. So it's like there are ways there that maybe they're simple that you can do to just kind of actually explode your your reach pretty quickly. So, uh, but yeah, networking is one thing, but capitalizing on that networking is another mm-hmm. thing. So what yeah. is your follow-up strategy? Um, so I try to change it and mold it as I go along, especially as I've been networking for a few years now and I've chosen particular groups that I like to continue going to on a monthly, weekly basis. You know, I, I don't um, necessarily just try new ones every once in a while. Every once in a while, if it's like, you know, I got time for that, sure. But follow-up, uh, typically, uh, you know, I, I do agree with Heather. I think that I should be doing a lot more follow-up at that moment of like, hey, let's get our calendars out right now. Um, I don't do that, but I probably will start be doing that uh, soon. Um, but my follow-up typically is... Uh, adding them on social media first. Like if they're on social Smart. media, right? LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, you name it, whatever their thing is. Um, and then I use my CRM. I, you know, I input all of that information from their business cards so I don't have to even have like a Rolodex or anything like that. Um, and I leave, you know, leave a note about the conversation we had. What do they do? Just anything that can help me remind who that person is. You know, I've met hundreds of people in the last th- three years doing what I do now. And uh, it can get overwhelming. And uh, then I email. I'm not a big cold call or caller in general. And I know at that point it's not really a cold call anymore because I've met them, right? Um, Still, I get anxiety uh, over calling. So I tend to lean towards other devices, right? The email, um, you know, uh, messaging them, you know, hey, what, what is the best form of communication for you? It may not be email. It may not be phone calls. So whether that... Um, works or not, you know, I try to have a follow-up from there as well. But connecting on social media, I think, is really key yeah. these days. And then having something to, you know, another reason to reach out, right? That's not just, hey, you know, mm-hmm. this is what the market's doing right now or the whatever, right? Because a lot of that can end up being white noise. Mm-hmm. But, hey, I'm going to a networking event. You know, yep. love to see you there. Come as my guest or whatever the next thing is. Heather, what do you think as far as so you've met them at a, uh, somebody at a networking event. You've got them in their CRM. What's next? I mean, I think consistency is key, whether you're going to be reaching out through email workflows or calls or texts. I mean, it depends on what you're marketing, what you your service is. 
Um, for me, I, I don't do as much of that. Uh, my service is business coaching and very few people like to be told your business has something wrong with it. Let me help you fix it. Ew. I'm never going to tell anyone <laughs> that. That's gross. So for me, I, I choose to network in places where consistency can be held through me being there. I know myself. I don't want to email you a billion times or text you a thousand times. I already did that in my real estate career and it worked, but ugh, I don't like it. So I just go to the same networking events and I show up and I make sure that when I'm there and I meet new people, I ask a lot of questions. So if I'm going to make a plan with them, it's about a specific pain point that they shared with me in their business. And I think if you can go to networking events and ask people questions that engage them and show that you're truly interested in what they're doing in their business, and then they tell you something that your service or product could create a solution to a pain point for them, following up is going to be a lot easier because it's not going to be like, hey, I met you at this networking event. Let's grab coffee. It's, hey... You know, I, I remember us talking about you really struggling with the systems and processes in your business and how all of your employees do something totally different. And that's actually something that I talk with clients about every day. I'd love to grab coffee with you so that we can dig into that a little more because I'm really interested in hearing about what your business could do if that was resolved. And then it's like, oh, that could resolve something in my business. And it's offering that value. Yeah, lead, leading with giving. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's yeah. a really good and point. And I agree with the, you know, going to the same networking events over and over. So it does decrease your follow-up of email. You're just relationship building at that point, right? Um, you know, sometimes it takes a while. It takes several years to uh, build that trust. So I, I agree with Heather of just showing up to the same events a lot. You know, don't get bogged down by, especially like the open networking events. You know, I don't know if that's something we were going to talk about, but... Open networking events, especially for what I do, or real estate, or mortgage, uh, there's a lot of us, um, right? And it's like, who do I work with? Do I work with these people at all? Um, and do I get bogged down when I see five other New York Life people at an event? No, I don't. I don't uh, walk away. I don't leave. I don't get scared or nervous. I just talk to as many people as I can or reconnect with who I know already, um, which I think has helped me in the long run. I think with I'm in a fairly my market's not saturated, right? I'm doing virtual assistant staffing. I don't have I don't know of anybody else actually in our circles that mm. I've run where I'm competing against it. But I've got something to invite them to. You can come to a podcast, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's that's a different way to be able to start those relationships. It works very very well for warming them up. Um, but all right, let's get into it. So we got our little discussion area or time done. Let's get in with Sarah Garten here. So first up on the show officially is Sarah Garten, a financial services professional at New York Life. So um, top 25 agent in the San Antonio general office. Yeah. So, you know, on our systems, we, you know, we have a dashboard, right? And we check it every single day. And right now I'm in that top 25 in our office right now. We have well over 200 agents in the San Antonio, New Braunfels area. Um, and really it's based off of, there's two calendars that we have. There's the calendar year and then there's a fiscal year. And so right now, based off the fiscal year, um, that's, you know, I'm placed top 25 and I, I like to stay there. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously with a commission-based job, it's just a lot of hustle and it fluctuates, right? It can be 12 and then 27 the next week. Um, you know, I don't know what everyone else is doing, you know, but that's a good way to see like, oh, that person is doing really well. It's we can see each other's progress. Are you competitive? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I, have a, I have a competitive nature. Um, you know, uh, my background is actually in music, and I did several competitions making Allstate, uh, region, uh, making, or, you know, auditioning for orchestras, living in New York City, trying to, you know, be on Broadway. Uh, so I had that competitive nature and that drive. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, to me, seeing the results and seeing the lifestyle that I'm living and how I'm helping people, um, you know, it's it's all a competitive drive for me. How did you end up, and I know we're going to talk a lot about networking, but how did you <laughs> end up in your current career field? I mean, what was the path there? Oh, man. Um, so keep it short and brief. Uh, I like to thank COVID. Thank you. Um, <laughs> basically, it was just one of those things. Where, you know, I tried several different music paths, uh, teaching, auditioning. Uh, Broadway was actually a networking system. It was really about who you knew in New York City at that point. And uh, I had only lived in New York City for seven months when COVID happened. And I'm from San Antonio, so I, I came back temporarily. Uh, but with Broadway being closed for a good year and a half, uh, I made the decision before Broadway even reopened to uh, look for a new career. Not a, just a job, but just a career that... I could grow into, I can learn from, I didn't need to go back to school necessarily, uh, good support system, good manager, everything, all the things. Um, so I went to Indeed, uh, plug for Indeed, I guess. Um, but <laughs> you know, I just made a pro and con list and, uh, that was, I had no idea that I was going to find myself being a financial service professional, um, doing what I do. And, uh, but it's also allowed me to continue playing music for fun. I'm actually, in a community band that performs, at, uh, you know, for the community and, and, you know, I teach once a week. It's, you know, it, it allows me to still follow the passion, but now I have a new passion. I've tried to take the skills that I learned from being a musician and applying it to, uh, to New York life. I've got kind of a devil's advocate question. Yeah. Okay. This could be interesting. <laughs> so Broadway was a networking game mm -hmm. and obviously there was COVID. So that was a big left field. But if you were to take the skills that you've gained over the last few years networking, because you've built majority of your business on that mm -hmm. and go back to Broadway. Yeah. How do you think your results would look? Um, they, you know, they would look, I think they would look really good. I still feel like COVID definitely uh, influenced a lot of new decisions and uh, different regulations and the, the, the networking world up there mm -hmm. you know it, it went from easily saying hey i'd love to have uh i'd love to sit in on your show uh, i don't think people can do that anymore i don't think i can literally just ask someone via email cold email if i can do that um it probably would just now be hey can i grab coffee with you i'd love to pick your brain about how you got to where you are um and so i would yeah if i could go back and do it which you know uh it's just it's just a decision that I made not to go back. But if I were to, yeah, I it, networking would come super easy to me in that nature because uh, really it was just it is a relationship building uh, up there. And I feel like a lot of people start networking, and we see this all the time as people who who network. We meet somebody once or twice, and then we never see them again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the big pitfall, right? You yeah. go to a few, it doesn't work, you stop going. What helped you overcome that? Um, so um, what over? What was the question? Sorry. Oh, what helped you overcome the, like, you've made a business based on networking. Yeah. Like, that's how you've grown. Yeah. What, what kept you going to the point where you're at now? 
Um, so I continue because, uh, again, I just, I see the results. I think that's something that you help a lot of your clients with, right? Is the, mm-hmm. the stats, right? Just seeing where your business comes from. And I know for me, uh, more than 50%, uh, probably close to even 70% of my commission or my clients comes from networking. And sometimes it's not automatic. Sometimes it's, um, you know, a couple months, maybe a year, um, you know, I recently connected with someone who I hadn't had coffee with for, uh, or we never had coffee. We met though, like two years ago, um, at an open networking event, uh, at, uh, Little Woodrow's. And I thought he was so cool. And what's funny about that event is that there were like seven of, of us at New York <laughs> Life people. And he was just so, f- he was funny and he's from the UK. So he's, he's a good, uh, funny guy, but he, um, was like, he asked me the question, why would I work with you and not that guy or that guy, right? And uh, it took us two years to reconnect. Um, I wish we had connected sooner. Um, I know now he's in the States full time and we had coffee and he made a, a valid point that really opened my eyes recently. And again, kind of something I want to um, better myself in the future networking events is when I ha- have the follow-up and I'm having these coffee meetings with people is that I have, I need to ask the question. I think I have this, um, fear factor. Uh, my strength is not being pushy, but my weakness is not being pushy. And he asked me, he said, you know, I've been sitting with people for two months now since moving here. Uh, and no one I'm having coffee with is asking me if I need their services. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Um, I didn't think about it. I just, in my mind, I thought, oh, we're just going to, we're catching up. We're building rapport. But he's like, well, then maybe another two years is going to go by, right? Uh, where we It's kind of like dating, right? To some extent <laughs> where it's like, well, no, I mean, it's like, well, are we hitting it off? Are we not hitting it off? But you never, you never asked me out, right? It's, yeah. Isn't it? There's yeah, some parallels that makes there. sense. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he was really, it was, you know, it just was a, not a slap in the face because he's so, he was very kind and it was a good wake up call because- you know, I do, you know, that it's the follow up in the coffee is still networking. Right. Um, that time still needs to have a plan. Right. We're not just there to just drink coffee and chit chat about not our business. Right. Uh, it needs to be intentional. And so I know for me, uh, having a better uh, center of influence plan as far as how these coffees go probably needs to to be molded a little bit better, in my opinion, for me. Always learning. Right? Yeah, always learning. So mm-hmm. what kind of uh, networking do you do? Um, I do a little bit of everything. Um, so I started a lot with open networking, um, but I also do closed networking, a.k.a. exclusive networking. Um, All right, hold on. What is that? Yeah. So- I want to be part of whatever that club is because <laughs> it sounds cool. It sounds very bougie. It, it does. I'm kind of networking. bougie. Well, I'm ex-Air Force, so I like things that are exclusive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so <laughs> it's it? actually how, well, um, you know, if, if you've probably mentioned on the podcast before, uh, Mark, Heather and I are in an exclusive networking chapter. And what that means is that there is one category, one chair position yeah. uh, in the chapter. Right. So I hold the life insurance uh, seat in my chapter, which means no other person can come into this chapter or any of our uh, meetings and solicit 
uh, about life insurance, disability, and long-term care. Um, and so there's a financial advisor. We have a business coach. Uh, you do social media, virtual network, uh, you know, assistance. We have a realtor. So all these people hold these seats. You know, we pay to be there, but uh, it's almost like I always like to think of it uh, from Hamilton. Uh, I'm a big, obviously, musical buff. Uh, we're in the room where it happens, right? Uh, being a part of uh, this meeting on a weekly basis uh, can really escalate business because you are the only one there in a room of like 40 people. Um, it's like you have the floor, you know, you're not, there's, you know, you're not going to an open networking meeting with seven other people that do what you do. Now, like there's the exclusive ones and, and you said you got to pay for it. What do you find is the difference in the like caliber of networking you're able to do even outside of BNI where you just hold the seat, but when you have to pay to be part of an organization versus going to a free event that someone's hosting? Sure. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, because I, I pay for other things, right? Like I, I'm also in the chamber. Heather and I are ambassadors with the chamber. And that is something that I pay for on a, on a yearly basis. But that doesn't mean that I'm the only New York Life person. Um, and so because they could pay to also be an ambassador or and to be in the chamber as well. Um, and so um, I, I think like that is a good example of, you know, well, where do I spend my money next time, right? Because there's, you know, you renew on a yearly basis for these things, right? And um, still, because that, like the chamber, I love the chamber. Uh, the relationship building is amazing in this uh, business. Um, for me, it's it's not as intentional um, as, say, BNI. Uh, mm-hmm. BNI is a referred base business right um so you know we're going into each meeting trying our best very best to give a referral on a weekly basis right there's a lot of homework involved compared to open network uh, events right you know we present every week hey i'm looking for someone who uh is this age that needs this service that you know i love an introduction to um there's no other form of networking that I've ever attended in the city that does that. Very intentional. Yeah. Right? As opposed to casual. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are, we're wrapped up on your, at the end of time on your segment. How do folks get in touch with you, Sarah? Um, so they can get in touch several ways. Um, even if you just simply Google Sarah Garten, New York life, um, you'll find most of it, right? I'm on, I have a Facebook business page, I'm on Instagram, which isn't supported by New York Life, but that's just my personal page if you just want to be my friend. Um, but I'm also on LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much how you can reach me. And, uh, you know, my phone number's out there. My email's out there. So give me a call. So the vast majority of your business comes through networking, not through social media, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's a little bit. It's, it's mostly networking. I'd like to uh, spend less energy. I love being social. I do, but I like being able to be a homebody too, especially cause I have a new house mm-hmm. and I want to be home more in my new house. So, uh, I've been trying to prospect and network on LinkedIn actually more. So that's, that's a whole, whole different topic. Yeah. <laughs> that content out. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Next up on the show is Jim Shal Shally. 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 <laughs> who runs New Tactics, Inc., which offers free equine services to all service members, veterans, and first responders, which I qualify for. So a veteran, what's the definition of a veteran? Is it somebody who's retired or is it somebody who's served, period, in your mind? 
So the VA, the government actually qualifies you as uh, 180 days. If you've done 180 days of active federal service, that is actually their definition. Now, that doesn't mean based on your discharge, uh, you could have a general other than honorable, um, honorable. So those things will also categorize you as a veteran. Um, It's just a lot of times it has to do with your active federal service time. So anything less than 180 days, then they'll. And the reason for that is, you know, what you're going to get out of the VA's, you know, benefits. Yeah, yeah. So what branch of the service were you in? The best and the first, the Army. United States, mm-hmm. one to each. Okay. okay. What did you do for the Army? So I was a mechanic. I had six different maintenance MOSs. That's, uh, um, that's what happens when you go to a schoolhouse. You end up getting thrown under the bus and saying, hey, guess what? You're going to teach. <laughs> you're going to teach all these other MOSs um, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. But it was great. How long were you in? 23 years. Okay. What rank did you retire at? Sergeant first class. Nice. That's the E eight. Yeah, E seven. E seven. Don't that hurts when you, know, when you put it like that? It hurts. <laughs> Why? Why does <laughs> it hurt? You know, it's twenty three years is a long time for E seven. It, it is. It is. It really is. And um, you know, just you, you you always have regrets in life. It's one of my three. I, I should have been a war officer. Should Are you going to fly? No, no, no. Your war officers just do. They do like technical expert stuff like there's a subject matter experts in certain okay. things but they also fly yeah uh, i should have been a warrant officer i should have made master sergeant and i uh, should have stayed in a little bit longer but those are my regrets and yeah yeah well i mean you still got a full pension out of it yeah i sleep well at night still that's okay though mm-hmm. yeah that's important exactly right? yes all right so, so how'd you get involved with horses yeah. i'm gonna take the reins so I grew up in uh between california and texas uh, my father was a squid in the united states navy uh, my mother got tired of moving back and forth. Uh, I gr- again, I we grew up, I, you know, out going to the rodeos all the time. I uh, had family that had r- animals that we took care of, um, and I figured I, if you want to get into something to waste your money, get into horses. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. As as advisors here that are financial advisors, you know, they should be one of the things that they tell you not to do. Right. Um, you know, they always talk about getting to the ponies. Well. Seriously, uh, horses are an extremely non-lucrative business. Uh, My horse, when, when I was barrel racing full-time at a national level, $500 cortisol shots in her knees every six months. Oh, That was just one. Yeah. It was wild. So, yeah. I, And again, it was, it's a family thing. And, and so, again, but I spent a lot of time doing horsemanship-type uh, events and, you know, a little bit of ish you know rodeo type working there you know my parents didn't want me to get hurt so uh, that was one of those things but once i got out of the military my wife and i said you know we'll get our daughters involved so we got one horse then one horse became two horse and then you know and then Mm -hmm. now it's seven (laughs) <laughs> they like cats? Don't you do the same thing with cats? You start with I feel one like it's more like guitars. <laughs> oh, God, it's no. way more expensive <laughs> than cats. Well, it depends on the guitars you're buying. But, yeah, yeah sure. It's, But, it's a, and again, I hate to reiterate the fact that it's expensive. But yeah. uh, And since, as, as a nonprofit, we don't have grants. We don't have uh, the type of fundraisers, fundraisers that you see a lot of people have. So we, the expenditures come from ME. And, well, uh, wait a minute. No. So, but you believe in the cause. The cause is a good cause. This is a veteran town. Why aren't you making more money for the uh, nonprofit? Well, you know, uh, I think we talked about, you were talking about networking, which is a huge thing. Network mm-hmm. is extremely important. And I network the crap out of a lot of times. I'm mm-hmm. out there talking to all kinds of people, giving my cards out. And 
Um, I, I guess I'm not networking the right people necessarily, or, you know, uh, we signed up for the big give mm-hmm. popularity contest. You know, if it's, if it's not a, if it's not a pet thing or, you know, sometimes a homeless thing, um, it, it doesn't get the, yes, we're, we're a veteran organization, but we're not getting that. I don't get that play. You know, we just don't have that, that traction yet. We're really still a mom and pop operation. We really are. Um, you with, just need to connect with a few people that are connectors <clears throat> that really kind of believe in what you're doing and they can connect you to the right folks. I mean, it, when I can think of a couple of chamber events that could do you real well and they're all veteran based and, but they're high level like military events. So you're not getting in front of you, the people with money come yeah. to those events. Have you uh, ever heard or worked with hometown heroes outdoors? I've heard of them. I just have not, no. I have not worked with them. So all right, I'll have to connect you with them. <laughs> and and please don't take this the wrong way. I am not woe is me. This is mm-hmm. not you know. I'm happy doing what we're doing because a lot of times I have four or five individuals show up on the weekend Saturday morning and they're happy to be there. And when they leave, the one question I ask, uh, "Did you enjoy yourself?" and the smile. They don't have to say anything. The smile is all I need. And and don't get me wrong. It might bring me to tears here, but that's. That makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So, well, you love what you do, but I do. the question is, do you want to do more of it? That's what's left. Because if you're fine where you're at, it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. I mean, connecting with folks that are going to bring a lot of eyeballs and a lot of stuff on what you're doing may be too stressful for what you're trying to do. So, I mean, it's a genuine question. Do you want more or no? Well, so just to get just a little deeper. So again, we're not a, a, a 68 week program. We're not a you know a, a God come out and we're gonna find God with the horses type program. We're not we're not that way. You know we're mm-hmm. we're more of um we want you to enjoy yourself. We're gonna teach you a little bit about horsemanship, you know, um, equitation, if you will, or equitation. I don't know. And, and how, <laughs> tomato tomato. What, yeah, right? for, for those like I don't even understand what equitation is. So equitation is the the concept of the rider and the horse working together and, you know, learning the the skills that it takes to be a rider Mm. um, and understanding how the horse works. Because the horses are, people make them out to be very difficult animals, and and they're not. They're very simple to understand, and um, they have attitudes, yes. We have attitudes. Um, It's a rhythm. Um, It's it's the working process of being with that horse, one with the horse, basically. so really, my train of thought is gone now, but it's okay. Um, so your goal for the the new tactics, if you if it was going exactly right and money wasn't an issue, what would it look like? Same size, bigger, more people, less people. It it also I guess it has to do with um, yeah I think it would probably be maybe a little bit bigger. Um, it would you know what it would actually that's a great question. It would actually be me not working a full-time job. Me in the evening times or during the day being there and scheduling individuals to come out and ride on a, on a, on a daily basis. So the funding would help with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and, and like you pointed out, I am retired. I'm also, I also get my VA. So, you know, money is not the biggest hurdle, but it's definitely um, something that, that would help because – if I got paid to work to do this, then I could do it every single day. But we're not those kind of programs where you're coming out to get therapy. 
You know, we're not, you know, we're not therapizing anybody. Does that happen during the session? You know, while they're there for those three and a half, three hours? Absolutely. You know, we've, we got individuals that come out and say, Oh, I'm not, I don't have any stress at all. Like we discussed you bell racing, mm-hmm. you know, and they, I asked him, when's the last time you rode a horse? Oh, when I was 18 yeah. and now you're 27, you know, or you're 35 or whatever Thank the case you for. for telling yeah, me I'm 27. It, it, exactly. Or, you know, then my next question <laughs> is what, what's your, what's your stress level right now? And like, I'm fine. I'm doing great right now, you know, and you're. Well, it's a lot better now that you're in here, I think, you know. I, for me, anyway, my stress level is down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I qualify the, for your program there, Jim. So I should be able to come out there. Two times over. Two times over. Yeah, you just two gotta times over. to raise some funds to do it. I challenge you. Right. Because that's the thing. I feel like there's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit of happiness is just as important as the life and liberty piece. But when it comes to, to, charities and 501c3s like you see those two first and you see a need but like that's the pursuit of happiness well and i want to reiterate everything is free you know i get Mm -hmm. donations from lots of people that i've worked with when i worked in my previous job i went out in the community yes i covered nine counties you know and i met and talked with everyone you know that outreaching to talk to everyone and anyone uh giving given both my cards out from my business and from the nonprofit. so i met lots of people Lots of people want to, they want to give when they can, and that's important when they can. So um, all my saddles are donated. You know, there's very few and far between that are, you know, um, that have had to buy. So I'm, and I'm thankful for that. And, and the other thing is um, Phil Hartman, is that, I think is his name from, um, I know that. Recognize Sounds the name. super familiar. Yeah, what's he from? Phil Hartman, the comedian. No, no, the the foundation here in, in San Antonio that does uh, for handicapped children. Oh, no. oh, I'm not familiar. He has that large. It's a large park. Anyways, he. Oh, Morgan's Wonderland. Mo- Morgan's Wonderland. Yeah. Mm. He, yep. he, the name he, resonated. Yeah. yeah. He always talks about inclusion, you know, and and I want to make sure all of our veterans are included because, you know, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. That's why I talk about we don't talk about the two G's, you know, God and government. Um, because I don't want someone else not to show up because we're talking about God every five minutes. You know what I mean? So oh, it's the right. truth. Yeah. You know, I, a lot of horse stuff is very, very like God associated too. It's sure. a very, or spiritual related, which yeah. is fine. But you know, we want to make sure that, and then the other issue is, you know, people, I don't want to talk about your, we don't want to talk about your job. You know, that might be a trigger for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we want, we want to talk about things that are in, making you happy, that you're enjoying life. Um, so, those are important things. And, and veterans that are, you know, that are, I get this question all the time. Um, veterans that are more girthy than others. <laughs> They're concerned about coming out. I have draft horses. I went and got draft horses intentionally to make sure that all of those veterans would be able to come out and ride. You know, okay. So, so for fat vets, they can come out and ride too. Is that what you're saying? You said girthy, <laughs> but I'm saying fat. Well, you overweight. Yes. If can you, I not say fat? Is that that's like a no, big topic the in the horse world because there was that whole scandal on TikTok of the the ranch that wouldn't let the influencer ride because she was overweight and oh. she blew them up on TikTok and then they responded. It was oh wow! Online. There are organizations here in San Antonio that are military affiliated that let you ride their horses, but you cannot weigh over 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm six, seven, wow. weigh 280 on a good day. You can ride any of my horses, you know? Um, but th- the fact is uh, it's that inclusion. I want to make sure everyone feels like they're welcome and, 
and it's important because well, you've got a good vibe that way, Jim. I mean, you, see, you 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 make people feel welcome, except maybe for me earlier. I don't know. I'm, I'm still upset about it. No, I'm just kidding. You are Air, you are Air Force, so it's okay. Right? It's, <laughs> we'll, right, Jim. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they find your organization? You can find us at uh, Facebook New Tactics Inc. Or you can find us on the web. It's newtactics6.org, the number six. and Or you can just call me. I don't have a problem with you calling me and talking me up. My wife might if it's, you know, 12 o'clock at midnight. And, and she might ask who that is. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Don't call him at midnight. Are you going to your phone number? <laughs> oh, well, you want my phone number? Do you want my phone? Do you want well, my you phone said number? we could call. Maybe your uh, email. Um, my email. Uh, my number is 210-563-1232. And uh, my email is james.shawley at hotmail.com. Oh, hotmail. Wow. You're dating yourself. Wow. <laughs> All right. It's okay. Give my mom still has AOL. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Remember Juno or Earthlink? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Juno, back when that was a thing. All right. Uh, good show, everybody. Uh, as we wrap up, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for this one. Thanks, everybody. Great job. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.